The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 126. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hello there, everyone. I'm Mike Creevy, a.k.a. Old Ben, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a reminder to please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review. Spotify also allows you to rate podcasts, so please give us a five-star rating over there, and that helps us get seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. With the rapidly, uh, unfortunately, but not so rapidly, approaching release of the much anticipated, we'll talk about that, the much anticipated and or live action series on Disney Plus, uh, we thought it would be fun to take a deep dive back into the 2016 Rogue One Star Wars story film. So joining me tonight to unpack this film are Mike Denz. Welcome. Good evening or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening. Right. (laughs) And Thomas Sanjurjo. It's great to be here. So uh, I don't have anything, by the way, for the ham solo segment, I'm afraid, this week. I didn't need any lunch <laughs> meat, but that's a well something next time, perhaps. But uh, before we jump in, guys, it's just some news bits. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> the quiet part out loud that I just sort of brought up Andor's delayed release. What's going on with this? What, <laughs> what, uh, what do you guys think about that? It's part for the course with the Rogue One group, right? <laughs> like they, were, they were rewriting and reshooting that movie right up until release date, I think. <laughs> or or part for the course for, you know, Disney's uh, Disney Plus with things kind of being pushed back or move around and movies yeah. being reshuffled. I don't mm-hmm. know how much longer they might be able to blame things on COVID. Um, with yeah, this, you know, that, that seemed to be like the, the standard excuse. Well, there was COVID, so, you know, we can't release things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, see, like, you know, they shuffle the deck a lot as far as like, you know, the shows that we hope they'll make. There's rumors and then they'll announce stuff. Sometimes they announce stuff and then they change it because of one reason or another. Um, Whether that's just a, you know, something didn't work out or there's controversy or the case is. But I, I just was thinking about this. I can't remember the first time I heard, you know, hey, there's a 12 episode and or series coming out. And um, I. I want to say that was like way before COVID really hit hard. Like I, I just, I feel like this, this thing has been on, you know, it's way to us for a really long time. Does that line up with what oh, yeah. your guys' experience has been? Oh yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But that, they, that's when they, when they were really hitting stuff hard with the last movie coming out, um, with the right. last of the star Wars movies coming out, they, they announced a ton of stuff. And then they had to scrap a ton of stuff because the right. Mandalorian came out and they were like, oh, wait, that's the cash cow right there. Let's right. go with that one. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like this one, I, I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I, I do feel like 
Mandalorian was like brand new or maybe not even out yet when this one was already mm-hmm. being like this thing's coming and I don't know I mean from the trailer I mean I'm I'm very excited you know this is we're <laughs> this particular episode recording tonight is going to be a little ahead of what it was intended to be because the idea was we would release this just have a few weeks and then Andor would start coming out so now when you're listening to this uh, if you listen to it when this is first coming out you got a little over a month now probably a month and a half right. maybe yeah. for some people so <laughs> so if you're wondering why are they releasing a rogue one deep dive now shouldn't they wait it's like it's not our fault it's disney's we decided yeah. this before they they pushed it back but uh yeah. we had no covid delays we were right. go right into it <laughs> um, so we got that and then also the other news thing i just had of course you know uh bad batches is, is as far as we know still coming uh on the 28th you know so um we don't know yet, again, at the time of this recording, exactly how we want to pursue that. We've got a couple ideas of how we want to go about that, but it uh, looks like we're, we're really going to focus in on, on Andor, probably, um, you know, since that's just a, such a big, you know, live action production. And, and we'll we'll see about Bad Batch. So more more to follow on that. Great. Yep. <laughs> so, guys, let's just go and jump in here. Rogue One Deep Dive. Um, I wanted to kick it off and just, you know, jump to you guys and get your uh, sort of... I mean, it's it's almost six years since it came out. That's not a huge amount of time, but I think that's long enough to kind of get, you know, um, a, a kind of a, a broader perspective on the impact of this film and to uh, get a little nostalgic about it. So why don't you guys just want to share a little bit about your own uh, experience of Rogue One uh, and how it's kind of holding up as time passes. I love this movie. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and make the sacrilegious statement um, that this one actually falls at the top of my list of star wars movies i will always if if, when people say when people ask me i will always say empire and then put rogue one immediately beneath it but if i'm honest this movie is is just fantastic there really is i I think the the weakest part of this movie is the guardians of the wills and Hmm. not not for the fault of the actors or the writing or anything it's just in the midst of the rest of the movie that part is kind of lackluster for me and that mm. and that's a, that's saying a lot because i love that part so you know we'll, right. we'll talk about that i'm sure as we go through this that, that it's an amazing part of the movie but as as it sits in the rest of this this movie it is and there's just so much fantastic stuff happening here and you know we'll talk about some of the easter eggs and stuff too yeah i uh, i think my favorite moment though uh, in watching this movie originally because you know i watched it with my kids and we were sitting watching it and there's the the battle over scarif is one of the most intense parts and you get the that brief moment where there's the the red team the red squadron flying in and red five gets shot out of the sky and and my kids are like oh that's how luke got his call sign (laughs) yeah poor guy and and then the other but but my absolute favorite moment was watching this one and when when blue squadron dives into scarif Mm -hmm. and my son goes blue squadron what's blue squadron <laughs> and i'm like yeah buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, you kind of know where it's going from there right <laughs> yeah this was i was just trying to remember um this came between episodes seven and eight right as far as mm-hmm. its release date so mm-hmm. yep. it was one of the early what's disney gonna do right with star wars how's this gonna be and i think overall um, it's definitely, I, I, I can't put it, I'm too old to, to put it up there with the original three, but it's, 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 for me, it's number four. It's, 
Um, and, and I have a certain like allegiance to, to Lucas's storytelling and vision, but not necessarily how he, he did the prequels. And there was such a beautiful simplicity to the cinematography in this movie. Just like, we're just going to show you a star destroyer and how it comes out of the shadow. And then behind it, we're going to show you how the death star comes out of its shadow. And that's it. It was just this, this, Black, you know, gray and black, a really long shot of that. And I loved it. And the dish is going into the, uh, the Death Star, the prime weapon and everything. And it's just that kind of simplicity where, you know, it was kind of like the, you know, I don't know, mother invention or whatever, like back when Lucas could only do simple shots. It's when you really long for those simple shots, not all the little things running around in the background and all this stuff, you know, like the, the ultimate in, in, too much for me was the opening battle scene in revenge of the Sith. It was just like so much. It's like, Oh, come on. You know, I mean, just bring me back to a new hope with the last, you know, X wing, Y wing tie fighter battle. And just, you can just appreciate everything. So it really brought me back that they were going for nostalgia. They got me. Um, I, I really love the, those, those big wide empire kind of shots that they would put forth. So, um, that's what I think of when I think of Rogue One. The first thing is just those beautiful space you know, shots of Star Destroyers and the Death Star. <laughs> Simple, but it, it, that brought me back to, you know, the first Star Wars. Yeah, I, you know, so my my oldest daughter was born. So we have two daughters. Noelle is five uh, and Renata's two. And Noelle was born 10 or I guess 11 days before Rogue One came out. So that like Rogue One so that was my first like kinda outing. And we got the baby at home and it's like, are you sure? It's, it's like, yeah, it's fine. You can go <laughs> like, oh, really hon, are you sure? She's like, it's really important to you. I'm like, yeah, no, I need <laughs> so like so I go and I, I get there and I'm like Tales you know, of a nerd first time. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. So this is <laughs> deeply ingrained in my mind. And I'll never forget like Spoiler, by the way, I, I don't know if spoiler alerts, like if you haven't seen Rogue One and you're listening to this podcast episode, dive, yeah. like why would you ever <laughs> do that? So spoiler alert, everybody. But um, when when Galen gets hit by the, the rebel, you know, sort of friendly fire and he's he's laying there and Jen runs over and she's with him. And uh, just that brief scene, I absolutely lost it. Like I wasn't like shaking in my seat. Like, I don't know if anyone around me knew it, but I'm like totally like my face is soaked in like tears because I'm like. This is a girl. This is a daughter. You know, like it was the most ridiculous, like, right? Like, like seeing Star Wars, the first Star Wars as a dad. Actually, I think the first Star Wars I saw as a dad was. I think we watched. I was. She wasn't sleeping well, and I'm like holding her, and she's tiny, and I put on uh, Force Awakens. Which, of course, isn't great because there's patricide in that movie. Right. So, like, I'm sitting there. So that, that that was a fun, like, 10 or 11 days for me of, like, Star Wars and Noel. And she's a fan now. So it, we, we started early. Um, Excellent. But, yeah, I, I just and I agree with what you guys said. I mean, um, as far as the ranking of this, um, you know, it it's it's just interesting because. I'll put myself out there and I know a lot of people agree with this, but I, I know a lot of people don't. So fair enough. Um, I I think this is, in my opinion, the best standalone Star Wars film that's ever come out under the Disney time 
sort of like I, oh, I just for me, for sure, yeah. I, I don't think anything you know in, in certainly in the Disney era um, and I, I love all of them you know they're all fun we, we're on this show right because we love Star Wars but I just for me like if I'm if I'm looking at like I can pick a Star Wars movie to watch tonight it's not going to be Rise of Skywalker <laughs> for like most of the time it's not going to be even maybe Force Awakens it's but I'm like you know I never get sick of Rogue One um, and I showed the guys before we started recording. I literally have it playing in the background. Oh my gosh! And it's the scene when Galen's dying. So let me let me jump back to you guys here and let's let's dig in a little bit about. You've already mentioned some things, but really, like the bread and butter, I think, of this episode, you know, tonight is just like. So what what is it about Rogue One that makes it so special? You know, when you have this huge, just I mean, there's new Star Wars. All the time since 20, you know, what, 14, 2015, I guess. So, like, what, what is it about Rogue One that, that really, as time goes on, seems to always keep coming up to the surface when some other things maybe, <laughs> I won't say are sinking, but aren't necessarily, like, you know, always doing so well as time goes on? There's great relationships formed really well. Um, uh, you know, she, Cassian and, and, and Jen have, a real great back and forth right away. Um, she's not sure she can trust him. He's like, who is this person? You know, <laughs> that's been thrust upon me um, that, that we, you know, he, he brought her in and now he's got it. I mean, she, he broke her out of jail. How, how well can he trust her? And she's got her own gun and she's coming on the ship and everything. And, and then, uh, you know, K, um, K2. K2SO. Yeah. It's it was the, the humor uh, with him and 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 the, the right away with 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 Jen. It's just you know what you want to know the per, uh, the percentages that she's going to use that gun on you. They're high. They're very high. Oh I mean, he, it's just Alan Tudyk is so good. Yep. And yes. Yeah, it's just so good. I remember when I first saw episode one. I'm like, the. I mean, I know they're trying here and there, but they're missing Han Solo. They need a like a yeah. some smart Alec. <laughs> guy that's just gonna quit here and there and be like you guys are all stupid you're not you know and that, that's what they needed and and they tried to use jar jar as a comic relief and that didn't really go well for them i mean i, I don't hate jar jar as much as most people but still and like so they forced. had it, it felt kind of forced yeah, yeah yeah it was it was more kitty i mean it was a lot of kind of like yeah. because of the kids in the movie it was like more like this will be silly the kids will laugh and they did but um with this one uh i mean R four was just R two. I'm sorry. I'm gonna K. I'm gonna get mix my <laughs> K- drawers up. K two D two. No K two K two. We'll just call him K. Um, K two. You know, uh, he was he was my favorite character. I mean, I think I choked up when he died. I, it's just like he was so good. And and <laughs> I, I just recently was watching it and enjoying when he he, he shows up and like she shoots another droid and he's like did you think that was me <laughs> you know, and, then, and then like he smacks you know uh, Cassian and it's like and you know, there's a fresh one if you speak of me he was just he's so he he's was, so bad at trying to like yeah. blend in like, I'm taking him <laughs> oh, yeah. to the prison I could blend in <laughs> yeah well and I he, think he's the he's the first droid that has really talked about his feelings too and I thought I thought it was great that the line that they threw to him was um I have a bad feeling and he, they stop him before he gets to say the line. Right. But, but he actually talks about having a bad feeling about something. And that's not something that droids are normally 
right you know in for so that was that was a really cool take i think for for me the the thing that made this movie was was there's there's like three pieces that make this movie what it is uh first off it is part of episode four a new hope and it it is literally just the scrawl if you just take the scroll yeah yeah exactly it just explains that so it's it's delivered in that sense of being part of episode four which is fantastic and in that they do two things really well. One, they tell the war story that is not told in episode four, because episode four is the story about this farm boy being dragged into this rebellion. And you get a sense that there's a war going on, but you don't ever see the war other than him flying an X-wing into the, the trench. And mm-hmm. then the rest of the movies, you, you know, the, the most you get of that war is that scene on Hoth. And that's pretty much it. Like, you know, even the Ewok stuff is not, that's just like a small skirmish. It's not really a big battle. And so what we, what we see here is like the real like facing of different navies and of, mm-hmm. of an actual military execution inside of this, this setting. And so we actually see the star war going on here. And, and, and to me, that's, it's a big deal. It's something that we haven't really had. And, and if you've ever watched like war movies, like good old classic, you know, uh, john wayne war movies or uh the you know the world war ii style movies it feels like one of those movies in a lot of ways and and that's one of the things they do really well and then the other thing that they do really well is they balance the old like you were saying mike with the feel of uh you know the scenes and the simplicity of the the way that the empire looks the way that the ships work and you know just kind of beat up nature of the rebellion with this new stuff that we've never had. So there's no characters that we know in here, except for a very short uh, clip of Vader, a very short clip of Tarkin and a very short clip of, um, of Leia. And that's it. From, from and, the, and that's all. Well, you get, you got Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's true too. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. But, but it's all, but all of the, all of the recurring characters are background. They're like, they don't really play a big role. They're kind of, uh, okay, we're going to tie this together to this thing. And and they're there just to to keep that consistency of well they would obviously be there so you know we have to put them in at this point but other than that they they don't touch them you know the, we were really focused on Jenner so on her dad on uh, Andor and his his fleet on the Wills and so all of the all of the stuff that they do is really on creating something new that's built on what was there and I think that's what they wanted to try with like the Force Awakens and and moving into but they never really they never really landed something on that groundwork. They, they had to focus too much back on the nostalgia and didn't really build something that spoke of on its own mm-hmm. outside of the star Wars. Like yeah. Backwards. Yeah. You know. One of the things too, you could think of is if speaking of a standalone movie, like that Mike said, uh, if you're coming in and you're just seeing rogue one, you've never seen a star Wars movie before. It would it would play to you similar to a new hope in the sense that okay I can see there's good guys and bad guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have a clue what this is about, but I I I'm, I can follow the story of these people. These, you know, so you you can get attached to Cassian and Jen and K two and them and follow them along. But I, what what is this about? Similar to you're like okay, there's a princess. She's obviously the good guy. She's wearing white. You got the evil bad guy. You know, and and that was intentional on Lucas's part. You know, I'm not going to tell the story of the rebellion versus empire. It's just the setting that 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 is in and and you could look at rogue one the same way 
but we're informed. So we're like, Ooh, there's the rebellion. Right. There's they're back right. on Yavin four. There's we're, the guy in the tower. I wonder how he gets down. He points yeah. a little gun to the, at the ship. I'm, you know, I guess that's a telescope. That must be a telescoping thing because why would he be up there? You know, all that stuff. We recognize that where someone else would be like, Oh, okay. You know, those are the good guys, yeah. I guess. Well, and it, it's funny because, you know, the, you know, watching it, you said about it, you know, being a standalone film. I mean, um, kind of going back to thing that both of you guys said, um, when Thomas was talking about the, the feel of it, you know, like a, a classic kind of war film and it's definitely not, uh, gory or anything like that, you know? So, so it's, but I, I thought of, of that, that opening sequence in, so like the, the final, and I really want to dig into the, the actual, you know, battle scene at the end of this, like the last third of this, and maybe in a little bit here, but that part, especially this huge culminating battle. I mean, it's, it's just as gripping cinematically as the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan, I think. And because I'm, I'm just on the edge of my seat and it's just so the pace of it is so perfect and it doesn't let you it doesn't let you go for even a moment. Um, and like I said, I want to come back to that, but so there's that, but then also, you know, um, what you guys were talking about with the, the setting, what jumped to my mind was even things like the mention of the Jedi, you know, when, um, when Chirrut says to, to Jin, and by the way, we didn't do a synopsis. I don't really think we need to probably for the no, we're folks deep that's silly stuff yeah we're going you know, deep. Go, go look on imdb <laughs> this is a deep dive but um yeah the you know when she when she's talking to cheer when they first meet and um you know he asks about i think it's him right that asks her about you know kyber what do you know about kyber crystals and she says, I know they powered the Jedi's lightsabers. And it's just this vague, you know, if you've never seen Star Wars, you don't know what a Jedi is, you know. But I feel like if you just look at that for a second, like it's you just know I, I, the way it's written, the way it plays. It's just you, you get the sense that there's like there's something here. There's this there's like something lost from the past, something the one more, you know, um, effect of the Empire's you know, brutal reign and everything. By the way, my dog just walked in and. <laughs> bash the door into the microphone <laughs> you, can, you can stay he's <laughs> something else anyway that's when we interviewed mark thompson his dog was hanging out too yeah so it's anyhow a, yeah. so yeah this is Petey's down here but his bed's not in here anyway um but yeah you still like you know I, if you don't know what a jedi is what's a lightsaber like well it's a sword <laughs> it's probably a cool space movie sword like you can it's almost like you can imagine i feel like if you don't know anything about that there's enough there to have this sense of like a mystical kind of thing you know um, and this is the and, first star wars movie without the sword i mean there were no lightsabers in this well movie. until darth vader until darth vader that's right he showed up i'm excuse <laughs> right. me how could i forget that well but, uh, but there were no duels it, for sure no. but even that I, I just think you know it's like Here's a terrible, you know, scary bad guy I've seen like twice in this movie or whatever. And then now he's in this hallway and he has a sword that's, oh, wow. Like, I don't need to know everything we know and love to know about lightsabers for that scene to work. Right, um, right. And so that's something I just think I think we I, I only recently started thinking about, like, really trying to imagine this as a standalone movie without the lore. And I, I think it still works without all that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the 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 whole mention of the force be with you and the, the way that it's used in this movie, it it's that good look at everybody else. And that's one of the things that a lot of people want is like, yeah, that's fine. We get all of these stories about the Jedi and everything, but what about everybody else? And that's, that's kind of what, where everybody wants to see stuff. And that's where this one really 
Sean really well because this is everybody else. None of the people in here are are force sensitive. You know, I mean, Vader. Uh, yeah, but fine. Everybody that we're focusing on is not force sensitive. They're just trying to make it, and they're just trying to to figure out what the best option is given the situation that they find themselves in. Yeah, well, and I think it even lends more. It makes the Jedi and the Sith, in a way, I think, more interesting precisely because it's, you know, like it's not old hat. Like you get so used to seeing Jedi and Sith, it's almost like you're not really that impressed by them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not really. We all love them. But but still, like this idea of like, like you said, you go through this movie and it's like these vague references to the force. And all of a sudden, like, here's this evil space sorcerer walking down the hallway, slashing people. I'm like, that's really terrifying. Throwing when them into the like, ceiling. Yeah, yeah. like I know this character. Like, you know, Vader, like you've never seen Vader do that. But at this point, it's like I've seen Anakin do stuff. But like it was, I think, because of what you're saying, Thomas, just the way it was so you know, like we're with everybody else. Like it makes it really from the perspective of most of the galaxy. Why are the Jedi and the Sith so strange? It's because it's not mm-hmm. most people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we got a lot of focusing on them and now mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're for the point of view of these people. Right. And, and, and it's still like the force is still a religion to everyone else too. And so you have like Charut who's, you know, like walking through and doing the, the, the I, I'm one with the force. The force is one with me thing. And, um, and it really kind of puts into perspective from a Catholic point of view too. Like when you go back and look at this, the Jedi are like saints and everybody else may follow the religion of the force. You know, they're, they're saying all the things like the force be with you and all this kind of stuff, but they're not as fully in it as these guys who are really empowered by the force and able to God. So, you know, if you can imagine, this is like watching Francis of Assisi and all of the people that he's hanging out with, right? And this right. is the story of all the people that he hung out with, not Francis, Francis right, himself. Right, you right. Know? So it's interesting to see that because you, you see that they still, they still attribute a lot of stuff to it. There's a lot of their identity tied up in it, even if they're not Jedi. And that's because they have seen, or they've heard the stories of, at the very least, the saints of the past, the Jedi who came before and what they were capable of and what they stood for. And that still affects them and, and what they what they stand for now in opposition to the Empire, who they know destroyed the Jedi. It was interesting. I don't know why it hit me. But when in the beginning of the movie, when Jen's mother was like sending her to go hide and she says, trust in the force. And I'm just thinking, hmm, you know, the force will be with you or something like that is one thing. But trust in the force. Um, I'm trying to think if that's something that Ben told Luke, you know, he's like when he was turning off his Navi computer at the first movie right. or something. But try, I was like, trust because you trust in a person and the force is right. Like, cause it's also like use the force. Use, yeah. Use like, the force. Yeah. That's what he would tell him. Trust, I should have asked yeah. Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did Ben say? So it was interesting. And I'm just trying to think of, is that, does that make sense? I guess it did. And it did. I mean, as I thought about it, it, it makes force. It makes force. It makes sense because you want to trust in what the force is guiding you to do. Well, and it's funny because I, uh, I wish Father were here because he would know this right at the top of his he- uh, his head. But um, the Jedi, like I, I look at so so Chirrut, you know, you, he, so he's blind, and he he uses like in some sense, you know, like connects with the Force or, or is at least attuned to the Force enough to shoot down a Tie Fighter like in the middle of a rainstorm. <laughs> And yet you have like Kit Fisto instantly get stabbed to death by Palpatine. And uh, who's the one that like Django Fett shot? 
That's like the most un, like unceremonious. Like, like lightsaber and Jango Fett just shoots him and he falls. You know, and he yeah. spins it and puts it in his belt. Father would know, but I'm always like, that's gotta hurt. You know, like that. <laughs> guys are you're imbued with all of these powers. <laughs> full Jedi who can see and oh, okay. Well, everybody has a bad day. You know, but but let me ask you guys too. Maybe like just jumping around a little because well, with the war theme, I, I think like I want to see what you guys. Your impressions of Saw and Forrest Whitaker's Saw Guerrera, because I'm particularly like thrilled. I had hoped and assumed he might make an appearance, but we've officially seen him in trailers now for Andor, reprising his Saw Guerrera role, and and that's I believe if I remember correctly, that was the first I think, I think that was the first animated character, like a, a, a character in Star Wars who had been only animated who then made a live action appearance not the other way around i, I think it was saw Gerrera at that point because he had appeared in i think he was he was in clone wars and he was in rebels actually um, boba fett first appeared as a oh yes oh okay yeah other than yeah, the, the new era at least but uh so yeah what, what are your guys take on his character i thought he was interesting it 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 was a it was a weird fit because because of where it fell in the story. Um, but it was it was really it, it was good at expanding the idea of what the rebellion was. And I think that was really important to go. OK, yes, there is this official rebellion that's happening. But then there are also many people who are fighting against the empire that don't fall under that flag. And, you know, even if you don't know anything about Saw Guerrero's character outside of this this movie you know that he is um <laughs> that that he's not doing things the way that the official rebellion is doing things and and you get that sense that he's one of those unsavory characters you have to work with when you're on the fringes of doing things i, I that was really i don't know how much i remembered when i was watching rogue one for the first time i think i i kind of learned about more of of how he was in in uh Re not rebels um clone wars before uh i because I, I i i didn't see all the episodes of clone wars straight through and so anyway um it was a little more comical i don't want to say comical, but like like when they did the like the musical cue of him pulling his oxygen mask yeah. back down i was like <laughs> was that supposed to be scary or am i supposed to laugh at that because that was a little weird <laughs> like oh my gosh his oxygen mask just got pulled back into its loop border, like, borderline dark helmet from space balls <laughs> yeah, kind of exactly. like <laughs> i was like were they serious I, i'm not sure because it's like vader parody almost yeah <laughs> yeah and there definitely was like i breathe out of this thing you know um and he has all this equipment and stuff and so you know there was that and then there was the i forget what it was called but there but apparently the pilot knew that what he said he was bringing him to didn't sound good because he repeated it like what what was that creature that could read your mind called the yeah the Bor borgullet borgullet yeah Bor he's like borgullet <laughs> and then there's this thing i'm like you know there's a jedi trick where you can read minds that seems much easier than what's going on right here right. but anyway um and then i thought it would have been better if he was trying to escape but he may be like gave himself up so other people could escape rather than him saying yeah i'm, out, I'm done you know i, I don't want to I, I i really like this cave and i'm just gonna stay here you know i i thought his death scene was just I may be in the minority, but his stuff was my least favorite part of the movie, just because it didn't seem. Well, it it's not work for me. too long. No, you know, no. Luckily, think... he does die. <laughs> no, well, no you know, the thing is, I, I don't know if it's like because I'm trying to think now. I don't think I really 
was super familiar with or I, I didn't do the whole watch through Clone Wars um, until I think after I had seen Rogue One, because I, if I remember correctly, I don't think it was on, like for a long time, I didn't have access to it, you know, back when you actually, <laughs> well, I, then again, now everything's like, we're, we're just creating all these streaming services where you don't have access right. to stuff. But <laughs> when you know, back in those days when Netflix had everything um, and they first got Clone Wars, that's, I think, when I really started doing a, a, a deep dive into those. And I, I want to say that was like 2018 or something like that, that I really started going through those in depth. And so I I don't know. I think I knew who his character was, but I I knew where he had been in the the sort of timeline. But I, I hadn't seen him much. So um so I guess yeah, he doesn't feature very enormously into it. You know, I see certainly in the, that first like quarter of the movie or, or third of it or so. Um, but I think I don't know. I, I think my whole thing with him is just it's interesting to me just the standpoint of you know trust and how that really is. You know, from a faith perspective, like you know we can. We can know, <laughs> you know, you know, the rules, you know, the, the guidelines, you, you know, you, you believe in forgiveness, you believe in you know, the importance of trust. But it's like it's just I think it's like mercy fuel, hopefully for me, if, if I'm dealing with someone who has serious trust issues, that's <laughs> that's really tough. You know, it's really tough to crack. And like you look at Saw's story and it's like I'm not defending anything he does, but it's like. Can, you know, there is part of me that's like, can you blame him? And even the way they featured him in Bad Batch, you know, and he's just like, we just, which like, I have every, a feeling we're going to see more of him. Yeah. Right. It's like everything we've just been through. And now, you know, it's just more of the same. And so, like, you know, you fast forward that guy 10 years down the road, and he's just, I, you know, I do love the desperation of just like, and he's weird too, right? Like, he's like, he's losing it. Like, he's completely, and he's just like breathing, and he's just like, did they send you to kill me? It's like, so we don't have a lot of time. Can you just say, it's like, like let's, let's pick this up just a little bit. Right. So, you know, uh, what is, what are you breathing which, in that? Yeah. Like which, what's in that? <laughs> nobody could do that better than Forrest Whitaker. Though. Oh, yeah. So, so, I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, the casting no, was definitely better. Yeah, casting was like, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So, uh, nothing yeah. against Forrest. I mean, no, no, I love no. everything he's done. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but again, this, this comes back to a little bit of that. Like the, the places where this movie shines are the places where it strays from lingering on a character that's not part of the ensemble cast, right? So, as, as soon as you start moving outside of that core cast, this movie starts to unravel at the edges. And, that's where I, Mike, I agree with you. I think this was probably one of the weaker areas of the movie just because, because of that reason, because we get this, it's like, we're almost expected to catch up with who this guy is. And it's it's like, isn't he kind of irrelevant to the story? Right. Like, why are we not moving through this a little faster? And just as you're wondering that, and he's like, uh, she's watching the transmission. Wait a minute. What's that sound? And you're like, Oh, okay. We're he's, he's, this is it yeah, for, yeah. for poor Saul. But, now, now um, for, for plot holes, if I can just interject, the, I'm listening to you know, his, his transmission from, uh, from her father. And was he trying to get the information? I mean, I'm assuming that what he was saying was enough for them to get the plans. And are we supposed to assume that the plans were just not something he could send in the transmission? Like, okay here's the here's what i need you to do i mean it's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main part <laughs> like you think you know, you can just it's, say race, it. it's race <laughs> shielded so you have to use photon <laughs> torpedoes i mean that's it that's basically what you need to know uh, so uh yeah, but but so i i guess the 
like the one thing I'm thinking of, boy, it would have been helpful. And I mean, I would have ruined the movie, but it would have been helpful if he would have just said, here it is. And he was kind of explaining it a little bit and then it cut off and then she forgot to, you know, I mean, I, I totally buy the, yeah, I didn't grab it. There was a lot going on. You know, there was a, a basically a death star wave coming at us and we had to leave. What do you think? I think it's like, uh, I'm just laughing. I forgot too real world. And he's like, basically, Jin, just, just watch the, uh, watch the, the movie, uh, damn busters and just pull that off. Cause that's what Lucas did with you know, the, the Trentron. So yeah, no, Thomas, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, well, that's sort of where I was going to go with it too, where it's just I, my, the explanation that I give that I got for it there was that it, he has to be so clandestine with everything that he's doing because they're watching him. They know that he's, they know that something's up, you know, the empire knows that something is up with him, but they're not really sure what they can't pin it. And so, or something is up with his group. I mean, they don't right. even know it's him. They, yeah. it, his engineers and everything, you know, Bingo. and I suppose like if he starts accessing files, like the plans, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do that. I can't get to those. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering your take. I can see some ways out. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I felt like it was kind of twofold. Like, first off, he can't just send his daughter, who's very much not a reliable figure to, to the rebellion and say, explain this to them and they'll do it. Right. She right. needs like she has to deliver some plans to them for them to be able to look at it themselves and, and figure out what's going on. So I think he knows that. And then the other the other part is, is that he can't just deliver the message directly because there's uh, there's people watching him and so he's trying to be as direct as he can with the message but then also not give away what the what the challenge is because as soon as he says what it is they can go patch it right they can go fix whatever the problem was and then that that solution isn't there any longer right i was thinking too because he's you know as it is if anyone gets this specific transmission it's just a a love message to his daughter and reference that he has specifically screwed with this thing and created some sort of trap and where they can find the plans to find out what that trap is. It's like everybody, you know, so yeah, I think that's, you know, he's going to make them work for it. If they do find this transmission and it might still have time to, you know, they, the rebels might still have time to get it, which by the way, I don't know if you guys have seen, if, if you've seen the YouTube video that explains this and and that goes through like the process of, of how amazing this feat is from the other perspective of like okay so there's there, there's this I, I i can't remember the name of it so I'll, I'll try and i'll try and share the link with dom so he can put it in the show notes but um there is this youtube video it's it's got some mild cursing in it i believe but it's essentially the the death star engineers defending themselves after the after the thing they're like do you know how amazing it is to fit an exhaust port of that size on a on a space station this big you should be kissing that just we had to have some exhaust (laughs) right it had to happen somewhere come on well that's like you know the the, you know, say what you will about Force Awakens, but even like, and I, I, I do love that movie, but I'm like, it's like really like we have. It's like, is there a thing we can you know, even Han in the movie? Oh yeah, know, Han made fun. Got to be a way to blow it up. <laughs> there always is. Han's right. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like sure. Um, you know, I enjoy it, but uh, but no, I, I think um, one the other thing I want to ask you guys about here too is uh, with other like I'm. I'd like to maybe shift to that battle um, at the end a little bit to talk about, you know, at the end, it's like, it is the last, it's like act three of the movie. It's just that whole, that whole scene. And just a couple things I want to mention up front and then just 
get your guys kind of take on it, things you really you know like about it or what you think they did well. Um, the I guess the casting must have been very interesting because I don't know a lot of the details of it, but some of the research I was looking into, uh, they did have uh, an awful lot, I guess, of, of extras or at least you know substantial amount of uh, extras uh, who were different representatives of the British Armed Forces. Um, and so they and again, that reminds me of, of some of the things with something like a Saving Private Ryan or somewhere where, you know, you have the actors who might go through some sort of mini boot camp or training or something like that so that they're not doing things that soldiers wouldn't do. Like one of the things I always get annoyed about in like cop shows or any like military thing is like when, you know, they're all like flagging each other with like their pistols or rifles. And I'm like, stop doing that. Like people don't serious people don't do that. You know, you know, we're walking around with the, tr- you know, your finger in the trigger well and just, just the these things that, oh, right. Yeah. You know, Trigger so, control, so, man, that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's things like that matter, like, you know, when you want to do this. And I think I hadn't really known that before. And, and then like, like kind of looking back on it and, and thinking of that scene, I'm like, there's 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 silly movie stuff in it, too, of course, you know, but um, but there's a lot of like good, you know, sort of tactical movements. There's there's very interesting sort of subversive uh, you know maneuvers that they do as as they're trying to infiltrate um and i just i i, I love that whole sequence from from the the beginning of it the drama of it the this sort of like feel as you go through it that you know even if you don't know episode four you know if you know episode four you know there's a reason that it's luke and han not chewy unfortunately uh those guys getting medals not any of these guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, why not? So, so what? Just that that final battle scene. Like, what what is it about that that really resonates with you guys? Or like, just in terms of the pacing of it, or just you know how that's that's filmed. I'll say one thing that you know the myriad of locations that Lucas and 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 then Disney with the different directors they choose uh, have have tried. You know, Lucas liked to stick to it's going to be all forest or all desert or all snow. You know, there is no like varied climates in any of these places. But um, like, like, we're going to hide the plans. Bora Bora would be nice. Let's go, let's go to a vacation <laughs> tropical place. And, you know, and, and Kokomo and then, playing yeah. in the background and like the elevator. Really? I mean, you expect like... to see someone coming up a cabana boy. You know, hey, I got your drinks. Whoa, what's going on? Um, so, but turn that whole like scene of where you'd have your honeymoon to like a, a, an imperial base with walkers and stormtroopers and the whole gamut was and and just the shallow water. I mean, the whole thing that was really neat. I mean, it it's was very, you know beautiful. I just yeah, really, like, it just that was a really interesting backdrop because normally it's almost kind of like I remember the last few times I watched um, Price is Right. This is going to seem like a really far out thing, but they were some of the trips they were given away were to like Vietnam, and I'm just like that's weird. <laughs> Boy, there's some, there's got to be some guys that are from the Vietnam. We're going what? <laughs> That's the trip you want? Is that a joke? Is that a zonk? Are we on deal, you know. And so here we have, you know, like the, a place you would want to visit, like a beautiful tropical kind of place, but it's a war zone, so it's totally flipping it around, you know. Obviously, so I, it's I not I like a war that. zone. This is this is the yeah, thing. it's gonna be. This well, is well, the, our this view of it. In, in, in the movie, it is. But this is the empire's rationale, right? We're gonna yeah. give you the cush, boring job, and <laughs> and we're gonna make up for that by giving you this, you know, the yeah. We're gonna put to, it on Bora Bora, the land of the island of Bora Bora. <laughs> so that was my first impression, and then the rest of it was like with that backdrop, we're giving you like oodles of traditional start. We're bringing walkers back, yeah, stormtroopers all over the place. 
and uh, we're going to do some homages to, hey, did you see that new uh, T-16? Yeah, little things like that. (laughs) But, um, you know, and everything. Uh, When you say fast pace, like you, you just constantly fed and if you're if you're getting at all tired of this awesome land battle we'll shoot you back up to the space battle yeah that's if i can just jump in because that that's one thing in particular that i i really paid close attention at them on my last watch of like everything is so just seamlessly edited and how it and it's just and like the one i think it's blue leader i think when he gets shot down that's especially like, you know, they're fighting in the dogfight and he goes down and you watch it in this beautiful cutback and you see him crash. And then it's like people on the beach running. And it's just like the way everything is so perfectly seamless you know, together is, is just incredible. And that's the kind of stuff that makes it feel like a really good war movie, right? Where the, the pacing is good on the battle. The every, there's everything's happening all at once. And there's no sense of like, well, this thing happened and then this other thing happened, which a, a lot of the Star Wars battles bother me for that purpose, because, you know, they, they do have some things overlapping, but it, the timing is just very conspicuous on some of the battles where it's like, really, that was really convenient that that this we got this cut to this scene at that particular moment. And and they did have to happen consecutively. But this one, everything felt natural, like when you did cut from that moment of you know blue leader going down to the stuff on the beach it's like those guys were already fighting on the beach and we didn't we're catching up with them and it felt like that was a really natural transition i love some of the technology that they're using too um like one of the things that really was neat to me was the the guys on the ground they don't have walkers you know all the the rebel guys they're just they're just just dropped off out of ships here here go do it you know but but they do and they have the they have the right tools for the job because one of them pulls out a rocket launcher right just just like what you would expect okay we're going against armor we're going against armor so you know make sure you grab your uh their your surface to air missile or your uh, local you know your RPG or tank buster or whatever it is, you know. (laughs) Well, one of that the one guy I don't know. I know Warwick Davis was in here somewhere. I don't know who he played off the top. Was he one of Saw's guys? Like he's always around somewhere, or was he that little guy in in the like the door gunner? You know, there's like a like it's like a little guy, yeah. like a door. Oh gunner. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe and he's got he's got this ion cannon and just totally wrecks the the one walker and brings it down himself. I'm like, and then I'm thinking like the Hoth scene. I'm like, you didn't have one of those. <laughs> like they nobody got all destroyed. <laughs> they were all destroyed. <laughs> so that's and the right. planet when you know that's right. I mean, that, that out of and everything. All the way, yep. all their good point. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, now we know. I mean, they were those those T. I forget the uh, the model, but the uh, we now know from Kenobi that those uh, speeders were modified sewage haulers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, you you know you use what you've got. <laughs> Even with the ATATs in this one, they weren't ATATs. They were ATATCs. So they were mm-hmm. advanced cargo carriers instead of yeah. um, troop transports. That's cool with the thing which, on the side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it made sense for this for this terrain because, you know, they, what do they need them for? They don't need them to carry personnel around. So they just carry cargo from one place to another. I love Ben Mendelsohn. We didn't really mention him yet, but, uh, you know, he's so good in this. And uh, I think I, I don't know. Has there been any mention of him appearing in Andor? I didn't hear anything about that. I haven't heard anything about him, but he <laughs> I, I just love like he's standing there in that shot, you know, and like the explosions just start going across the beach in the distance and he's just looking and turns around and he's like, are we blind? <laughs> he's like, deploy the garrison. <laughs> like, he's just, we're being bombed. You know, like just, they're so completely 
you know, it's incomprehensible, you know, right. That, that anyone could have made it in. And uh, there, there's yeah. a, there's a little bit of a um, Pearl Harbor kind of vibe to it. Cause we're, we could say we're in Hawaii and like nothing happens here. We got a shield. I mean, we're so well guarded. We got all the garrisons and then all of a sudden what the heck, you know, with, with the, the sabotage going on. But I also liked um, another for the pacing and the feel you had a real mission impossible kind of vibe. Like, okay, we're, 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 we're going in. We got one shot. This probably isn't going to work, but it's the only thing we can do. This isn't even sanctioned. You know, we're rogue, you know, we, we're, we're just going in. And that whole time, so everything has to happen. And when one little thing, like he's running out and the cable's not long enough, you're like, Oh no, this is one oh, thing yeah. goes wrong and Bodie. everything's going to be you know, ruined. And how they just, you know, keep getting past all that stuff, you know, uh, is, is there's tension, even though, you know, that they obviously get the plans. <laughs> it works. But, well, you know, and that's, that's the, the crazy tension. thing is, you, you know, the end of this movie, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like Titanic, you know, you know, the <laughs> ship's going to sink. But but they did it so well in this movie that you feel like maybe they get off the planet. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they make it. How, and then and then when they finally do get the plans, you're like. That's great, but then how does it get off? Because they're still on the plane, so then they have to go and solve for that problem too. And you really do feel like every every single moment of it, you're like, you know, they have to make it off. They have to get the plans out, but th- somehow this is, this has to be doomed because they don't get the medals when <laughs> when everything is said and done. So where in this? How how are they going to figure this one out? And I love. I love movies and books like that where you know what the end is, but at the same time, you don't know how they're going to get there. And that's, yeah, that's the, the journey, journey. Is, is like, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, um, I think this, our show here tonight sort of has built into it. Occasional compare and contrast with other star Wars, which of course always is a little dangerous because everybody, <laughs> and there's fans for all of, of, you know, everything star Wars, you know, uh, some people like resistance. I don't. I, we can still be friends. I, I just, you know, I'm not a fan of that show. But, uh, you know, I was just thinking, I, I think that was one of my biggest gripes with uh, The Rise of Skywalker. As far as like, this is our big culminating, you know, juggernaut end of the Skywalker saga. And they just, it just wasn't honest with any of the stakes, in my opinion. You know, like, because, like, or they'd give you something and like, oh my gosh, they're going to sacrifice 3PO. And I don't want them to sacrifice 3PO. And I said this before in one of our shows, I don't want Lando and Chewie to die in a kamikaze type attack with the Falcon. Like, you know, but it's like, you just, you have, like, I just feel like with a movie like that, if you really want the stakes to be real, if you really want the emotional sort of connection with it, there's got to be some at least real you know, uh, sacrifice. And I think this, that's one of the reasons this movie, I mean, everybody dies. I'm not saying, I mean, that's, that's this movie. I'm not saying that should happen with the other ones. That's what was funny watching it with my wife. Cause she just, she hates that, you know? So like, so I think it was, who's the first one to go. I think it's, well, K2SO gets, gets killed first. Yeah. You know, but then I think is, does Bodie it's, it's either, it's like cheer it and, um, and bays, but it all starts happening really quickly. And I think I was thinking about, it, I think everybody except K gets blown up. It's all blowing up like every, like specifically like everybody, you know, so it's, it's very literally explosive. And like, it's one, I think it was when, when Bodhi dies and my wife's like, do they all die? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? I'm looking at my well, watch, I'm like, I can't, tell you, you can't do that to me, you can't, come on. I'm just like, yeah, they do. It's like, oh, I hate it. I'm like, well, okay. So, um, it's but yeah, that's movie. just something, the stakes, I think, are, are a big 
thing that makes it right. And that's something I hope somehow shows up in Andor, which is weird because, you know, Andor doesn't die in the show. <laughs> yes. But and, and here's the thing. I think I think there's if if they go back to the storytelling that got them where they are. There are a lot of really tense moments, even just with Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, where they they get into some scrapes. I mean, they get into the point they get to the point where Vader essentially walks in on one of the Re- rebellion's councils and walks in with a bunch of stormtroopers and and locks them down and they wheedle their way out of it just enough to maintain the secrecy of the rebellion but it's it's very tense for a moment because you're like that's vader (laughs) vader is not gonna let them you know get away with this and they manage it because they're incredible statesmen but i so i think there's a lot of room for that kind of stuff even knowing even that we know that that andor gets to this end point there are a lot of other things that make those stakes and that's where I think it's going to get interesting is, you know, we know Andor makes it, so it won't be the stakes for him, but it's going to be all the other people he runs into that we don't know that do lead up to be him being who he is. And so he's going to lose people along the way. And you see that, you know, Stellan Skarsgård, who I, I love, and it's he's one of those guys I'm like, yes, he's finally in Star Wars. Like, he needs to be in here mm-hmm. somewhere. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like you see some of them, the, the characters in the in the trailer and such. um. What's Fiona? I can't think of her name. She's she's briefly in there. It's uh, Aunt Petunia from uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Seems to be one of his mentors or something. But yeah, that's I think with a new influx of characters, you know, you do get that that opportunity for same stakes. Maybe I may ask you a question since we're kind of talking about Andor a little bit and, and him not dying, because uh, when we first meet him, uh, he he kills an ally or at least it seems like a you know or an informant or whatever um you know james bond's thought like well you know we you're you're useless now and and i'm just going to take you out and and that's like a first it's kind of funny you're 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 bombarded with first you're like where's the crawl where's the star wars yeah wait Mm -hmm. a minute is this really am i in the right theater and then you know so they're, (laughs) they're definitely like no this is different this is a star wars story so we're gonna do it different um, but then you have this guy who's a rebel and he's like the main rebel of the show and, and he's, you know, often his informant. So, because, well, he's just going to slow me down. He can't get away. It's better. He's, he might say something. What did you guys think of that? Like, you know, you want to like the people in the rebellion, but is, that's, that's definitely not a, a good thing to do. And he's the guy that every, you know, and this is, you know, if he redeemed himself later, well, this is pre-redemption. So he's that kind of guy that the shows are, you know, so what I just curious. Well, and and he said he says something to Jin in that sort of speech before they all leave that, you know, like referencing the you know 50 guys behind him. Like we've all done terrible things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so there's this this seedier side of oh, and what's the, the one general says to him when, when he's heading off with Jin. You know, he's like, forget what you heard in there. You see, know, the owner, really, so you shoot like, him. He's like, <laughs> got it. Like. Yikes. May the force be with you. Uh, it makes you wonder. Like you watch New Hope, and you're like, "What? What are those guys talking about in the back?" <laughs> like, jeez. But um, yeah, with I, the I, exhaust port, just do right. it. yeah. <laughs> well, and but it, but when it comes down to it, there's there is a limit on the amount of honor that you can have in running a rebellion. You know, you have to like you're you're the underdog. You have to do what it takes to maintain all of the secrets, right? So you can't rely that an that an informant who's 
kind of shady anyway, is not going to go and run to the Empire and tell them everything they know about you. And then by by extension, everything that you know about the rebellion. So, yeah, it's unsavory. It's it goes right to uh, in my mind. Um, I have uh, uh, one of my best friends. Father was in the armed resistance uh, in Poland during, uh, you know, pre-World War Two and, and Russians after, you know, but mostly the it was the Nazis uh, that he dealt with. And then there was John Paul, II, a contemporary who was, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's not. And so you're kind of looking at that, you know, and uh, you're wondering how a Jedi is a Jedi moral code, you know, prevent him from I can't off this guy. I'm going to just have to bring him with me because that's not the Jedi way, you know, how that all works. Uh, yeah. Where where would you land? You know, it's how, how do you know where you and that's why I love these kinds of things is it makes you ask those questions about yourself and like, uh, wow. And I hope the show does that. You know, I, we've been avoiding like I, I, I didn't want to get into too much like. What cameos do you hope will be like that kind of thing? Because it's like, you know, I, I, I think we all know from experience, the more you do that, the more you like set yourself up for disappointment or just because even just even if you like what you end up getting, it's like, I thought too much about what I thought it would be instead of just watching it, you know. And, well, let's talk about let's talk about the ones that were in Rogue One, because I think I think there were some really interesting, uh, you know, like especially when they arrive on Tatooine, there were some great uh cameos that weren't necessarily cameos right where you've got chopper possibly running around in the background and captain sandula is referenced uh is that on yavin you mean is it yavin four yeah or on yeah 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 like tattooing were they they always are there there was a desert right this is like the one where they're not no no uh so so yeah but yeah when they're on yavin that you get you get the reference to uh sandula you get the reference to until like on the speaker yeah wasn't the uh their ship uh spotted the What's ghost yeah the ghost, the ghost the is ghost? possibly yep yeah. it's possibly okay. in the fleet that attacks um that's attacking over scarif so i uh, you got a lot of really good ones there and then you also have a couple of uh mentions when they get to the when they're on scarif and they're going through the plans there's a mention of the dark saber oh, so right one of the plans that they run through is the dark saber and it's like wait a minute <laughs> How much does the Empire know about this stuff, too? I think there was something, too, in there uh, that had to do with hyperspace tracking, which, of course, then comes up in Last Jedi, you know, like, like, like decades later. It's like, how did they do that? Like, <laughs> they were they were working on it. They, they were, <laughs> well, they and that's another thing that there's some backstories of um, the beginning of Episode four, you know, uh, A New Hope. How did the Star Destroyer track them to Tatooine? You know, I mean, it could have been just a spy, which is usually, but was it, you know, hyperspace tracking? Because they got away, but they didn't get away. If, if like, if she was, if they were going straight to Tatooine from there, would they know they were followed? We know I they love followed. every time I see it, because I, for, I feel I forget, I think every time until I see it again, because I don't watch it a whole lot, but when, you know, the, you know, zoom, 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 like all these ships like disappearing into hyperspace and then Vader's. Vader's Star Destroyer just appears and like, you know, the most like the closest rebel ship just totally smashes into it into a thousand pieces, just like bounces off the hull. Yeah. It's <laughs> just so his, like his Star like, Destroyer it, it, shows up just like him. Like yeah, right. Like something would have been missing if that didn't happen. Like just oh, bam, here we are. Like we're here to disrupt your day, you know, at any moment, you know. Oh man. Well and I and you do like I I don't know that we wanted to I don't know if there's any 
point to really getting into the whole like Tarkin Leia, you know, CGI versus we. I mean, we could. I feel like we've talked about that before too. I don't know if you guys want to discuss that at all. Or, I mean, I definitely think they did. I think Tarkin was better than Leia, and I think it had something to do with they had a lot of data on hand or something. I forget. I read about it at the time where something about like like it was like Peter Cushing's estate or something. Like they had like a bust of him. They had different things that they could do to make the modeling better, I think, than they could for Carrie Fisher at the time. But with Deepfake, I mean, we've all seen what, uh, what's his name? The guy that, that uh, Lucasfilm just hired. I can't think of it now. The Deepfake guy that they hired. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I gotta go look at this up now. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> it starts with an S. Um, was, he, was he doing Mark Hamill stuff? Or yeah. Just, okay. um, I'll, I'll find it here quick, but... Um, yeah, because he was, you know, so this kid, da, 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 Indie Shamook. Warriors, Shamook, that's it, yeah. So he, I, I'm guessing that's not his real name, but he gets hired, they, they actually they reference him in the book of Boba Fett, um, Disney Gallery, like they actually talk about them hiring him, you know, to kind of take this to the new level. But I mean, that, I mean, that was, so this was like, what, what, 2016? So I don't even know where Deepfake was at that point, but, um... Oh, nowhere but, near. Know, yeah, no. And, <laughs> I don't even think it was like, on anybody's radar at that point. Well, he, he made that he, that huge viral video about like basically fixing, you know, uh, Luke's appearance at the end of Mandalorian season two, and then and he was doing other stuff like and everything you'd watch. It's like, um, what was the uh, the Netflix well movie with with Al Pacino and De Niro uh, the 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 Hoffa one? Well, I forget the title of that. Do you remember what that was? I was about to say a different movie, but it's not the Hoffa one. It was the, the Jimmy Hoffa Netflix movie, The Irishman. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he, he deep faked that. He was deep faking everything and just like, like putting it side by side. And so uh, one of them that he did, of course, was he redid, he redid this. You know, so uh, Tarkin and Leia are, I mean, way better, obviously, in his. But um, I still think it works, though. And I, I just I remember how I felt in the theater. Where I never imagined seeing that. I don't think they should have put a, I, I think they should have like. I don't know. They could have done a side shot of Leia. Like, I mean, I think having her almost... It was you know, too much. To the yeah. Side, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> overshot what they were able to do. I, I can't remember. I think Tarkin, they said, like, when they like, really went in on his face, it was shoddy, but uh, like, the, the more, more he was in the background, the more he was in kind of the dark and the shadows. The voice was great. I enjoyed having him there. He was the perfect person to be the antagonist to Krennic, uh, as far as, like, just driving Krennic crazy. Well, I'm going to take this away from you now. You know, thank you for building it. I mean, oh my God. That, 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 that I just enjoyed those, you know, those kind of things and having him back. And it would have made no sense if he wasn't there. Cause obviously he's, you know, him and Vader are, are the two guys that are, are the main bad guys in the new hope. So if he's missing, it would just be weird. Well, and I think too, I, I agree with like with the end, if they had just handed her the, the plans and you had seen, like they could have shot it so that it was the guy handing the plans to someone and a hand takes it. And then you see her turn and him ask her, well, what is it? And and she says, hope. And you just see the shot from the back of her head as they go into hyperspace. That would have been perfect. And I, and I think that that would have felt more correct than what they ended up with. But and I think you could the have just had a, scene was a brunette really with, necessary. With the- yeah. yeah, right. Right. You didn't even have to do CGI; just have someone her shape with it. And if I remember correctly, I think it was, I think it was just about a week or two after. I'm going to double check it. I think it was about a week or two after 
that came out. Yeah, it was like the next week that Carrie Fisher died. You know, so it was yes, released. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And then she died, like I think it was like December 27th, I just texted. It was just like, you know, almost two weeks later. And so that was all, you know, I, I think, I feel like just in, with, with good sort of, you know, um, manners, so to speak, when, when someone passes like that, you know, I think the people who would have maybe been really piling on with with uh reckless abandon on on the internet probably backed it off a little bit because <laughs> it was like well that well you know it's technology it'll come along and you know yeah but as sarcastic as she could be at times it was clear when she really talked that she loved lucas she loved star wars she was so proud of being princess leia you know i mean that was you know that was great. I think it would have even better if they would have had someone do- doing up her other bun as she was right. Like, oh. <laughs> and I'm putting on, I, you know, I'm getting ready for my hair. You know, that would have. Been- I love. Uh, I just heard the detail recently that when uh, she and James Earl Jones had a funny little you know cameo thing on uh, I think Third Rock from the Sun years ago, and uh, she, they had never actually met before because he did all of his stuff and posed and just in studio or whatever. But it was funny because apparently, like when they were walking up to meet each other, she just you know puts her arms out and yells out, "Dad." <laughs> iconic she's so good but uh well i'll tell you guys we're getting we're we're a little over an hour here i i I don't want to um go too long per se but i I want to make sure there's not a long well right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we got to come up for air no but i just maybe anything else you know you guys really want to make sure we we cover you know any favorite other favorite lines or favorite parts i wanted to mention k2so Back to what Mike said earlier, I just love this, like how well he's peppered throughout it with the whole like, if they if that aperture doesn't open up, we'll smash into it and you know like die in the vacuum of space. And there's the pause, and then Katie's like, "Not me, I can survive in space." Like he's just so completely. Thanks, bud. But just yeah, anything else you know, characters or themes or or you know or even you know things you hope to see more of in the end or. You had who I only remember as Snaggletooth uh, from my uh, action oh, yeah. figures uh, show yeah. up is like, you know, he didn't get to do his whole spit, but he's like, watch yourself, you know. So that was kind of a neat little callback to uh, Star Wars. I think you got him. If you're talking Rogue Run, you got to talk about him. Walrus face or whatever his name was, was there? I have, have one question for you guys, though. Uh, out of the new out, out of the new st- stormtroopers that we were presented with because there were there are five or six different new stormtroopers that we got in this one which one was your favorite design i'll, I'll, I'll give mine first and give you guys yeah, a chance yeah. to think about it so <laughs> so i loved the the tank trooper that we see on uh on jetta when the, mm-hmm. the tanks running through the running through the town and that helmet design if i was going to make myself a stormtrooper costume that would be the one I would go with. And I know that's not like, you know, the, the cool ones, like the, the death troopers or whatever, but man, that tank trooper helmet, that was a really cool looking helmet. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty sweet. I was just double checking it to make sure I was thinking of the right one. Cause I also like, I was getting confused with the, like the service truck dudes in Mandalorian, like uh, the Bill Burr episode, the second yeah. Bill Burr episode <laughs> when they infiltrate because, because my friend just found the Bill Burr, uh, you know, uh, um, action figure at Target and got me one, so that'll be up on the nice. wall here soon. My other friend was—I was telling him—he's like, "You have to." He's like, "You always have to make sure you call it your Bilber action figure." I was like, "That's what it is." <laughs> but no, I, I think I like the um, just like the Sand Troopers. I thought were kind of cool. It was just a different look. It was 
you know, like definitely the aesthetic was like, it made sense. You know, it's like this thing's new. These stormtrooper uniforms over here have been around for 40 plus or whatever, 40 years, but it, like, it's believable that they would be in the same, you know, universe. So yeah, I, I like those ones. I thought they were pretty cool. I like that. The ones are called coastal troopers. If that's the correct coastal, oh, is it? you know, like we defend the coast of Bora Bora. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but but actually, I, I will I'll have to go with the death troopers. And I'm and I thought they were kind of spindly, like they looked skinny. I think that may have just been the, the 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 way it appeared. It's not like they got skinny people to play them. But I love their their communication. They it just it wasn't English. You know, they they had that cool kind of like, what are they saying? They're 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 speaking in some sort of like as if they're uh, probe droids or something, you know, talking to one another. And it gave them kind of an alien feel that I, I thought it was neat but it was still the organic kind of sound that you like from star wars um and so i you know yeah I, i'm i hate to not pick a cool one but i don't like the look of a lot of the other <laughs> troopers they just kind of i don't know the, the the they look smushed um like a smushed scout trooper or something so yeah the death troopers. well did we guys correct me if i'm wrong i think we might have talked about this back when we were talking about bad batch but I, i'm just remember now did we did we did someone make the probably the connection that when they're forming near the end of that, you know, first season, you know, these other troopers that they're putting crosshair in charge of, cause that, that looks very similar. It's almost like a, like a proto death trooper kind of look. And I wonder if that's, that's supposed to be like, this is the, the way we're going, you know? Well, I have a feeling. Yeah. Because, and I, th- and I think Andor might pull some of that in. And I, I'm wondering, honestly, if the reason that they've pushed Andor back might not be because of reshoots or anything, but because of what gets revealed between it and Bad Batch, because they they're happening around the same time, possibly. And there yeah. might be some things that they want to let Bad Batch show first, oh, as opposed to to seeing an Andor and then getting a ret con kind of feel from from it going back to bad batch and if you look closely in a couple of shots of the trailer for andor you see you know totally you know plain white like so in terms of like you don't see other flare any other colors and stuff but like stormtroopers in white but if you look at the helmets they're clone trooper helmets mm-hmm. you know so there's the flashbacks you know like there's that shot you see them coming like you're with a crowd and you see them off in the distance like approaching there's like a shot like that and a few of them where a lot of people have pointed that out that it's not you know um sort of of um, original trilogy era stormtroopers exclusively you know so there's there is some uh, with his story makes sense you know he, what does he say in rogue one you know i've been in this fight since i was six years old i'm assuming that's him we see at the beginning as a kid with the village and stuff so um and i'm i, I didn't check his age i'll do that real quick to him the official uh, Wikipedia entry <laughs> Wikipedia. for uh, gotta love that thing for uh, Cassie and Andor, but um, but yeah, you get the impression that they're a little bit older, like he and Jin, and then like the, they're a little bit older than Luke and Leia, you know, and those characters. So um, he's twenty six BBY, so he's what seven? So he would have been yeah. He so he's about six years old, right around the time of Order sixty six ish. So, you know, yeah, so that'll that'll be neat because I anytime we do these like flashbacks to that kind of era, that's it's always pretty cool. Well, because you had yeah, you had those in the Mandalorian, too, where it was, um, you know, a, a throwback to the, the Clone Wars and what was going on then and why he was saved. So, 
it'll be interesting i'm i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be I, I i know that mine might be a little bit of a a personal uh interest too because i'm interested in building some more lore for our rpg yes <laughs> we get a chance yes. to put that together again because <laughs> this is it's yeah. happening right at that time period that we were talking about that we were playing in and you know I threw through Mon Mothman as a character and there she is right back in Andor again. <laughs> I swear if my Bothan shows up, I'm going to try to find somebody at Lucasfilm to sue. No. <laughs> you are listening to but, our show. <laughs> but we've never seen a Bothan officially. You know, we have so, Yeah. Weird. It would be nice to see one on screen. <laughs> well, but there wasn't there a like a parody where like those Bothans are always dying. They, you know, yeah. You try to get them to go do something and they die. That was um, yeah. Like I think I think Father might have said that one. Floater. I was thinking of the one, and of course I've I brought it up before, but I always put the disclaimer on. I can't rightly recommend it because it's got a lot of non-appropriate material. But the the Family Guy uh, uh, Star Wars parodies, because in there <laughs> yeah. like they're sitting at the you know the briefing is like I mean you know I can't stand Bothans. You know that she's immediately like many Bothans died to bring us this. You know, the other guy's like oh you know just they're like. There was a, a whole um, there was a whole Mark Thompson uh, narrated novel that I listened to. I don't, you remember which one that was? With Bothans were a major character. Like, oh no, I don't know. They're wrapped up, and I don't remember which one it was. I'll so have to check that brought out. It up. <laughs> you have to check that out if you ever find out which one it was. But uh, well, do you guys have any any last words on Rogue One? Last words might not be the right way to put that. <laughs> Final thoughts. I, I think I think this is one that I will probably watch much more readily than any of I, honestly than any of the other Star Wars movies. If I'm going to grab a Star Wars movie just to just to watch and have on in the background or uh, just to play because I want a, I want to scratch that Star Wars itch. I will actually run to this one first because it really does just tick all the buttons without and it, it doesn't make me want to necessarily go back and rewatch the whole series which is, <laughs> which is part of the problem of watching like episode four you're like okay now i gotta watch empire because right. you know, i can't just stop after watching episode right. four <laughs> yeah i just once again i there there's the nostalgia and there is the era i when i think about it i remember uh you know back when there wasn't the plethora of information and and all the different books and stuff when i was really getting into the three movies uh i was born in 71 so you know, I was in junior high as Empire and Jedi were coming out, um, but really wondering, like, where did the Emperor come from? And there's there was a little bit in the beginning of the novelization of Star Wars that talked about Palpatine and stuff, but not enough. And I just really wanted to like what what was going on? Where did that you know, what were the Clone Wars and all that? So uh, this uh, the the early Empire, like, you know, after Revenge of the Sith, then we got Rogue One. And and now we, we Kenobi fills in a little bit, but I, I want to know more of after the Clone Wars are over and the Empire is going on. It's just an interesting time period to me. I don't know if it just appeals to that nostalgia that I had when I was a kid or what. But when I see it, when I see the Empire as it was like being built up and the rebellion as it's being built up to fight it, I I'm fascinated by that. So this movie really kindles that. And I hope Andor lives up to the um, trailers because the trailers look great. And we know we got two seasons of it, so that's that's pretty cool, you know. And um, yeah, oh, and Bad Batch, of course, is same time period. So like this this fall, I think is going to be good for filling a lot of that space. Fans though. of the original trilogy for sure. So, all right, well, 
Uh, let me jump over here. That's it from us, at least for now. So listeners, what did you think of Rogue One? Please let us know. We'd love to hear your take on it. Uh, you can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can also find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn, plus previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by visiting sqpn.com slash starwars. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Taylor H., Kent L., John C., Claire P., and John H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Last but not least, be sure to follow the secrets of Star Wars in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, or on the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should hit the bell to get notifications. We'd really appreciate it if you'd please take a minute to leave us a nice review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and share the podcast with your friends to help us grow our community so we can reach more listeners. Oh, and don't forget to order your very own Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt slash phone case slash whatever you want over there at sqpn.com slash merch. So we'll be back in two weeks for another visit to that galaxy far, far away. So mark your calendars because you will definitely not want to miss it. So until next time, Mike Denz, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. And just from the cheese line of Vader quotes, uh, be sure not to choke on your aspirations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And Thomas Sanjuro, thank you as well. It's been great. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.